I'm going to take over. They are Money Talks with Martin Campbell. Good, after good afternoon. Welcome to Money Talks with Martin Campbell. How are you doing? I'm recording now, Martin. Thank you. Are you well? Oh, I'm, doing, I'm doing well, thank you. We're back again. We're back again. No, it's great to meet you last time. That was fantastic. And it's uh, interesting to talk today about, um, I'm in my business attire, my very official attire to talk about the very, very serious business of money. Um, so I was interested to know... You're paying me to shame. <laughs> Gonna make an effort. I feel I'm on the news, to be honest. Yeah, uh, looking so, good. <laughs> so I want to really idea, have an idea of um, talking about money. Obviously, you're, you've started a business, um, <clears throat> which um, to as a business... as a Sorry, you tell me a little bit about what you're doing. Yeah, please. Okay, uh, so in effectively my role, um, what I'm trying to do is help people make more effective use of the money that they have, building that confidence to know what to do with it. And so ultimately you can just get on and worry as little as possible about money and have it in the right places without worrying about it and go and live the lifestyle that you want to live and trying to plan for uh, the future type thing. So. I mean, in terms of the reason that I've ended up going down this route, it probably makes a little bit more sense if I go back to Please. Uh, my days as an athlete. And then I guess, well, I went to university down at Loughborough, like I, meant, I might have mentioned last time. So I studied maths and management down there. So I was always quite analytical or numbersy, if you like, and liked the business side of things. Uh, so it was always something that I wanted to do following sport. And I think like a lot of businesses, how they start is they've had a problem themselves. They've had curiosity in something. And as an athlete, when you're playing full time, it was never something that was really discussed. It was never something that in terms of what to do with your money, uh, how to manage it, how to plan for the future. Uh, have it in the right places and it was something that I was always interested in but it's you'll probably know yourself like it's quite a complex area and if you try and google anything you'll you could be there for days and it's uh, quite hard to figure out what's what's truth and cut through all the noise yeah. so yeah. once I stopped playing it was it was something that I was really interested in finding more about and that's quite kind of why I went down the finance route and then as soon as I started to learn more about the personal finance side of it, as opposed to maybe corporate side, that really sparked my interest and it was something that uh, I wanted to learn more. And when I got the opportunity to get all my exams, become fully qualified, even though after uni, I vowed that I would never do an exam. I think I did 30 during my university career because maths is just so many exams, but I ended up going down that route again needs must, I guess, uh, and became fully qualified and then managed to start uh, starting my own business, which has been just over, just maybe under a year and a half now uh, since starting. So maybe six months in real life where we went in lockdown and then a virtual business over the last year. So it's certainly had its challenges, but it's been extremely, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And how have you found it's such a, I don't know if you know the word emotive subject um, where um, so it's it's just something that people have just a funny about it always a it's always a contentious thing isn't it people talking about money and and what's your I mean I guess from your experience um, 
uh, obviously, I imagine money in badminton with competition prizes and things comes in fits and spurts, right? Yeah, so just going back on what you're saying about how money has been super em emotive, and it definitely is, and there's a there's a stat that goes around or a common, the research has shown that parents that you might find interesting, parents would rather speak to their kids about sex as opposed to speaking to them about money, which is pretty fascinating, and I can imagine it being true as well. It is something that people hold their cards to their chest, they don't really speak to or don't open up about it and i think that's half the problem because people don't go and speak to someone about it so they just they don't go and get that help or seek that support and hopefully that's what yeah well and try and help out uh people who are in that situation uh and then going back to are you still there yeah i'm still here oh sorry have you lost me yeah sorry just there was uh, the circle you. was going, Sorry. but going back to what you were saying around uh, it coming in sort of sporadic moments uh, in terms of what your earnings are like, just from my perspective, I know a lot of people will have different experiences and different journeys as an athlete, but you do, a lot of it does come in just like chunks. It's not a smooth earning schedule, if you like, like a normal career where you'll get a monthly payday, which most people have just had, and then it just comes in and out like that. Whereas as an athlete, a lot of it comes from club money being the main one. So if you're not playing in clubs over in Denmark, France, Germany, all the different countries, then you're not earning. So if you're injured, so it's a tough balance of yeah. uh, wanting to play, but also looking at the longer term as well. Uh, and then also obviously prize money that type of thing so it comes it comes and goes quite a lot but it's difficult to plan for but I guess that always made you really as because you knew you were getting x amount of funding say for example for a tournament program and it did make sure that you did plan for it it wasn't about just right I'll pick that tournament or that's half my tournament budget gone so you really did have to be meticulous. So was that? Uh, can, about ask, can, you, ask Marty, can I ask? Was that just you, or do you think that was common of all the players? Were Were you quite? I mean, you're, you're obviously quite a switched on guy, quite mature. Um, I, I think there's quite a lot of immaturity. <laughs> I think there's quite a lot of immaturity purely because, um, purely because I was thinking about this that there's a lot of players that. You know they've just gone and they've, they've left school and they've just played and played and played and played and played and and it's like a little bit of a child thing it's quite you know i was even watching carolina marin and you know she was played from a, such a young age and all she saw was badminton right so actually when you watch it she's actually quite immature in her thinking is that do you think that's do you think i like you say that say to me <laughs> yeah exactly well i can yeah um yeah. so do you think there's a lot of um do you think there's a lot of that? I mean, I think, I think when I say they're mature, I guess I'm talking about, you know, I guess it's a kind of a, I once heard a statistic about um, the conservatives. Somebody once said the conservatives, have, they've always had money and they know what to do with it. You know, conservatives, have, they come from wealthy backgrounds and they've always had money. And when they get it, they know what to do with it, yeah. where they always said that without getting political, you know, without, you know, other parties. Yeah, I thought it would Fight and flight, no, no, do I. So when fight and when I, what I mean is when somebody gets a lot of money, they think, oh, look what I can get, and they go and buy X. Does that happen? Did you know that? Yeah, I mean, so.
So there's a stat that goes around and like it's more predominant and they did a lot of research in America with the NFL, NBA, and there was a stat that was saying within, I think it was within three years of retiring from the NBA, 60% of athletes are broke or declared bankruptcy. And these are guys that are bringing in millions on like million pound contracts, but Equally, it's not about how much you make, it's how much you keep and how smart you are with it. And a lot of those guys as well will have people pulling from them as well in terms of family, friends, and they'll end up just spending and spending and spending. And they're used to that lifestyle as well. So not so much in Bampton, but they're used, they're used to living the high life. And I think you retire early when you're an athlete and all of a sudden you've not got that same income coming in. Yeah, and a lot of guys find it difficult and it is, they'll never replicate the earnings that they had. Uh, well, it's unlikely uh, that they'll replicate the same sort of earnings as they did have as an athlete, uh, which is it's an interesting, it's, it's I guess the same with uh, guys that win the lottery. A lot of them within three years are broke and they've spent it all just because they've never known how to manage it. So I guess going back to what you're saying, it's why why the rich get richer and because they know how to deal with it and they make that money work, they make it keep growing. Whereas someone who's perhaps not been from money will end up just spending it or, and it's not about not spending it because at the end of the day, money's there to be spent. It's there to add value to your life. And, but it's, it's about spending on the things that do add value and not about wasting it. And it's about looking at the future as well to keep, keep some of it earning for that. I think the difficulty as well is when somebody's used to living a life where they've had nothing and then all of a sudden they get, you know, they see themselves living hand to mouth and oh God, oh God, oh God. And then eventually money comes and you just go, oh wow. And just go, go mental. And before you know it, it goes. And inevitably, I don't know about you, but inevitably I'm in sales. So my income does that, right? So if I know, if I know next month, I'm going to have a really good month. <clears throat> Um, normally what happens is in advance of next month, right, I get my credit card out and I'll say, I'll yeah. just get it and put on the credit card because I've got a good commission coming next month. And then before yeah. you know by the end of next month, the, the money that I've eventually end up, basically end up spending it twice quite a lot, a lot yeah. of times, I guess. And it's, it's a pressure high on, on money. As a, I was thinking about... Um, I was thinking about sales again. Sorry, going back to sales. But I was thinking about sales. Now, what happens in sales is if you're selling, if you stop selling, yeah, we're heavily paid on commission, right? So yeah. if you're not selling, you're not making commission, right? And you, you know, you're under pressure. And yeah. the longer you go with not selling, right, the the more pressure you get. And then the more pressure you get, the worse you do. And it's that vicious circle. Do you think that happens in sport where people are so financially pressured? that actually affects their sport. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt that that will come into play with, uh, and like you're saying, it's a, it's a vicious cycle because people need to know that they're covering their essential expenditure, that these guys are, they'll have rent to pay the exact same bills as everyone else, but they won't have that same st stability. I mean, don't get me wrong, the top guys will be on big contracts that they've got that guaranteed income, which, they deserve and it should be more. But for most of, uh, definitely Bampton, uh, it is more about making club money, 
you go to tournaments for making to- uh, tournament money, trying to source some funding. So a lot of it's on your on your hands as well to go out there, and because no one's going to come to you unless you're really producing top results, like getting some sponsors on board. So you are conscious of it. I think as you get older, you try and increase the amount of stability you have uh, through the year. So just from my own perspective, when I went and started to play in Germany, I was always on like a uh, day rate or whatever, a match rate for every match went over and then bonus if you if you're winning your matches. And I think once you build up a bit of credibility and experience playing club matches and they know what they're getting from you, you can start to bring in, well, actually, I'd rather have this monthly wage and then less commission type, if you want to put it like that, less bonus money to try and have a bit of stability. But it doesn't always work like that. So I guess you've got to look at it as a motivator. But yeah, you're right. I mean, sometimes it can be difficult. And I think... A lot of uh, badminton players have been fortunate that their parents, they've had good support systems. I know for, from my own perspective, like when I was in the early days, my parents were super supportive and it, and it would have been difficult to really push and play the tournaments that I, even going back to junior, if I didn't have that financial support. Yeah. Uh, and then hopefully one day you can stand on your own two feet and your parents are happy that uh, they're no longer fitting yeah, the bill. So I think the, the, the undeniably very proud and wouldn't take anything back ever. But I'm just, I mean, you're obviously very switched on, but I wonder how many parents are concerned that when it's over, what are you going to do next kind of thing and how many of those conversations happen? Right. Yeah, I mean, so just talking from that, my own perspective, when I stopped playing, uh, I there's various support systems out there in terms of with the Institute of Sport, they have lifestyle advisors, like performance coaches that help that that do help you talk through that process because it is huge. Like you go from playing a sport you absolutely love, being with your friends, traveling the world to all of a sudden you don't know what you want to do. You've done something that you've been passionate about and you want to find that same thing. You don't want to just do something for the sake of it after you've experienced that type of life. Uh, so it is difficult and I remember looking at the jobs boards straight after and just being so uninspired and just thinking none of this is jumping out at me and I want to do something that, that I'm really, that I care about. Inspired by. And yeah, and I think that that if I can say one bit of advice for people going through that is to reach out because people are there to help. Even, even myself, like from my perspective, I reached out to some of the guys that were retired two, three, four years before me that I trained with like Jelly Cooper, Emma Mason, those types of people that have gone on to do really well uh, in business after. And so reach out to those people and speak to them. And what a lot of they said was you need to go out and try things and go and speak to other people. You do have this wide network of support system, take advantage of it. And I think we're getting better now there's more and more companies, uh, so this is where I'll do a plug for my good friend uh, Kieran Merrilies, who is now involved with a company called Life After Professional Sports, so LAPS. Brilliant. And what they do is they help sort of collaborate athletes with businesses that are looking to employ athletes for their skill sets that they they want to they see the value in bringing in athletes into their company. So that's what Kieran does. He works with 
companies to try and place athletes that have been in the same position because I guess he's been in that exact same position. So he better thank me for that nice little plug for him. <laughs> I've been but doing Kieran he, on uh, Monday night. Monday night, I think it's Monday. Oh, Monday. you got him on? Okay, yeah. yeah. On Monday or Tuesday, so I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. sure he'll talk about it. But, <laughs> I mean, that's great because that's what you need sometimes. You can feel like you're all alone and you Huge. you just have to do it yourself. But when you do have that type of support uh, and it's out there, use it. Yeah. I was actually talking on Thursday to the head of sponsorship for the Danish for Danish badminton. Um, who is it? The Instagram? cookie company. Uh, no, it's not Dana. It's not Denisa. No, it's a guy. It's a private agency that they contract. A guy called Jesper, and he um, okay. he's got an agency of um, he has five members of staff who um, pair um, commercial businesses with players in various different pursuits. So obviously badminton's big, but not quite as big apparently at the moment. But he's so um, talking to him. Actually, I'm having an interview with him um, about the differences between Danish commercial side and Danish in the UK. And I think it's become more difficult in Denmark, I think, from what he's saying. Um, and but he's and just just I was just interested in the guy. Um, I know the company that sponsor um, Callum Smith. Okay, yeah. a small firm, a stone stone business in the borders um, called yeah. Simon McLean and Co. So we plug for them. Um, they sponsor Callum, and I think they're on his T-shirts kind of thing. And I, I'm interested in finding out who, um, if there are agencies of similar type in the UK, that anybody that do you know of that happening? Do you know? Do you know of people that that that, that find you know? Is it a player's responsibility to find their own sponsors? Is it the parents of the players, which I think is the case with Callum? Callum. Um, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's the parents' responsibility. At the end of the day, it's it's well when you get to a certain age. You've you've got to go out and source that, and it's also really good practice for like I remember negotiating uh, for your contract for your club money and stuff like that. So it is good skills that you're learning for when you go into future careers. But I think it's on you as a player. I know Kirsty's. If you ever have her on, she's very good at very good at that side of things, and I think she's got a few partnerships, and I think. They, she might be working with a media company. I'm not sure if I'm 100% correct on this, yeah. but working with a media company to build her brand because at the end of the day, she is a brand and as a player, you're a brand and they are looking at do you fit with their values and their characteristics that they want to promote into, into the world that will help their business and have that alignment. So uh, I would say it is, it's more on you to reach out. And I think nowadays with social media if i was in that same position you'd be messaging direct message them on instagram facebook like you're it's a lot easier to contact these companies now rather than like i remember cold emailing and it just didn't it's a tough gig is that part of your thing did somebody did somebody advise you to do that to find out what i suggest you do is send the messages to businesses that you know la 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 that kind of thing uh i'm not sure I'm not sure anyone in particular, maybe my parent, my mum and dad were always switched on with that that type of thing. And I think I was always aware of it. And the, the things that I listened to on podcasts, YouTube, I was always into business. So there was, I would follow some guys that work with probably the American athletes and they would always talk about these types of things. So a little bit of common sense. And, uh, and so I worked with, uh, Ghana sports were a massive sport and help 
for me, uh, for a wee plug for them, uh, when I was when I was playing, uh, and yeah, you just got to go out, and it is difficult. Like it is hard to, especially in this climate. I mean, it's going to be more and more difficult sure. going forward. So, going, so if I on a, just to, I guess mm-hmm. we've been on for a while. Um, just to and how long has that been actually? Um, I'm just, I'm interested for 20 minutes. So I'm just interested, oh, we're okay. Um, I'm just interested in what would your advice be to um, a current, I guess, uh, at what age do you think it becomes a problem where you think, yeah, what age are you when you have to start thinking? I know you're going to say from like 19 or something, but, you know, realistically, what, you know, as a badminton player, like a professional, somebody that's making money from it, that can see the kind of the, it coming in the distance. And how does somebody start? Does somebody need to think, Oh, I need things to put in, or how does what would your advice be on that front? Yeah, so I mean, I had that exact same perception probably when I was an athlete that you needed to have X amount of money to go even initially speak to someone. They won't speak to you unless you have that. But you need to start somewhere. Like it's the same as in sport. You you can't just go straight to the top. You need to put in the groundwork from the start. So. I am going to say exactly what you thought I would say, and it's about it's about the early, the earlier you start, no matter what that amount is, the better you're going to be in the long run. Just because I won't bore you with all the details, but the compounding effect of it and just just making a start can make a huge difference in the long so do you run. Think, so do you think probably it's, it would probably have a positive effect on a player's performance to have financial comfort for the future? You know, in their own mind, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, half the battle is when, even just when I'm working with someone, uh, is the peace of mind side of things. It's the non-financial benefit. It's the having that confidence and the security that you know you're at least doing something for the future and that you're building alongside. Because it, it's the main stress of most people uh, that it is money. It's something that people constantly think about, but will know they won't go and seek advice or go and ask for support, but it's there, it's out there, whether you speak to myself or I speak to someone else, at least reach out to someone. Uh, and the earlier the better, even if it's not about starting to put away money because you're in the early stages of your career, it can be about the other things, just about planning in terms of what's coming in, what's going out, and just so you get a better frame of mind and mindset around it and you've got a more positive relationship with money so that when it comes later down the line when you're like well you know what i'm starting to do quite well let's let's look at doing something with it it builds in those foundations well the thing i like about it particularly from yourself is it's probably particularly for athletes is about um is empathy i suppose um you know i think if they come and have a conversation with you you know they know you've been through it there's a multitude of financial advisors out there in various different pursuits but somebody that's being a professional athlete that's lived off it, um, that knows it, and um, obviously it's all confidential what you talk about um, between you as well. So that's that's a, that's a key thing, isn't it? But I think, like I say, from any athlete that knows what you've been through, that you've made money, if you've lived on it, and then you've made you've obviously got your head switched on sensible wise. You know, it's uh, no, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think I think uh, like what you're saying there. I've been fortunate in that a lot of the guys that I've started working with from Bampton, which has been great and it's been well received because I think like you're saying that I've been I've been in that exact same journey. I know what it's like 
comes in and goes at different times and what the best things are to do for an athlete because I've lived it and uh, I feel fortunate that people have put faith in myself and their trust in me and because I know if I was in their same position that I would have won I would be in a better position now than than uh, if I if someone had spoken to me earlier on in my career and if I'd reached out to someone so if I can help just put the plans in place uh, earlier on or just have that initial chat then I'm delighted to. I think I think that one of the critical things probably in the perception of money is and investment is is it's an old um, person thing because most people yeah. uh, if you it's a certain type thing it's a certain type <laughs> thing that's made me like that <laughs> like yourself <laughs> yeah, like me yeah so most old people like me um, when they, they think about investment and they think about uh, frankly they think about pension when yeah. somebody thinks about retirement when they think about investment in they think of pension they don't think about 30 they don't think about 35 they don't think about 40 they think in their mind i i genuinely believe this i might be wrong but i think when people think they're going to put money into something they can't get it out of it until they're 60. Mm. I, reckon, I reckon that's probably a very very common perception and I, what would you say to that i mean i, I guess you, you it's not like that i understand i guess yeah i mean i i can remember vividly one time when we were younger and we were playing and one of the guys I'd said, oh, their parent had been like, you need to start thinking about a pension. And I admittedly would have been that guy that just like, what? Like, we've got plenty of time for that. But that's just because I was uneducated in it. I didn't have the right information to actually know what that what that means. It is literally just a very tax efficient investment wrapper for growing your money quickly uh, over a long period of time. So. But because it, it, it doesn't, I think the key thing I was trying to say, Martin, is it doesn't need to be that long a period of time. Effectively, a pension age for an athlete is about 35. Would that, is that a fair comment? Uh, I don't know if that's quite a fair comment. So normally it's 55 for, for pensions and, well, it's going to increase to 57. Uh, just to I'm talking about. Like I'm talking about, no, I, I'm not talking about pension. I don't, I, sorry, I shouldn't, maybe I used that term wrongly. Um, I'm just talking, mean, I'm talking about releasing money. You know, yeah, you I mean, it can be releasing a, money till you're 60 and you're thinking no. you're 20, you know. Yeah, so a lot of the work will be with, so most people have heard of like an ISA or something. So you can access that at any point, but when you're looking at an investment time horizon, you've got to be looking more five years plus. So it isn't about your money is going to be locked away until you're retired type thing. So I think that's what you might have been Getting that. So, so a lot of the time it can be about, right, you're 25, you might retire, you might look to retire from Bampton early 30s. Let's look at building up a pot so that when you transition from playing to your next career, you've got a bit, of, you've got a bit of time. You don't have to worry about getting a job straight away and you might get into something quickly just because you've got that need for money. Whereas if you've got some set aside that's working for you over the time through your career, at least it gives you that, I guess, going back to your peace of mind, it gives you a bit of confidence and security that you know you've got something rather than I need to do something straight away. And I think that's half the problem because people are living, say, paycheck to paycheck type thing that they feel like they have to go into something as opposed to going into something that they actually enjoy and take a bit of time over it. So, yeah, like you're saying. That's fantastic. 
Martin, that's awesome. Thank you. And so on the one last thing, and if, if people want to get in touch with you, Martin, how do they do that? Just uh, give, give the old social pages a follow, a direct message, or uh, most people, you'll be able to find my number of someone, Google, it's everywhere. Good stuff. Okay, thank you for your time. Cheers, Martin. Thank you very much. Thank Cheers, you. Martin. Thank you. You still uh Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay, I just don't. Have you stopped recording?